It was a song uh, that I heard just several years ago that we used to sing. And I would sing it just because it had the, the phrase in it. It said, excuse me just a little moment while I shout. And today not shouting because of who we are, but because of who he is. Because he is Lord God Almighty and he is faithful. Amen today. We want to thank you for all that you've done. A council, what a great council that we have here. And a great congregation of people. And uh, I'm telling you, there are great things in store. We thank you from the depths of our heart. We're so unworthy. But on behalf of my wife and my family, thank you. Amen for this day. And, uh, and y'all just excuse me a minute. I just want to take a moment. Will you do that with me? Stand with me before we read the word of God. And just let's give the Lord a shout of praise. Amen. Hallelujah. For who he is. And the glories of God. He never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. Oh, but he promised us that he would see us through the fire. And today I celebrate because again, through one of the most, probably if not the most, uh, strongest trials we had ever been in. Uh, I would have to say if I had to categorize it. Didn't know what to do, where to go, and what God was going to do, but I knew I had to hold on by faith. There were times we thought about maybe this or maybe that or maybe the other, but there was something on the inside, the Holy Spirit, that made us hold on and wait on God. It wasn't an easy wait, but about 2.30 Friday afternoon, we got the word. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. About 5 o'clock Friday evening. Amen. South Carolina was closed and we can rejoice today and know that God has done what he had faithful to do. Amen. In providing for us. I believe that there are great things. And still look around at somebody and tell you, get ready. Tell them, get ready. There are great things in store. Great things in store for the kingdom of God. Please uh, remember, as you, if you will, turn in your Bibles. Let's remain standing for just a moment to the book of Genesis and uh, Again, thank you all so much for your prayers. Brother Zeb could not have said it any better. Brother Buddy, uh, the greatest gift we can, we can treasure is the prayers of the body. Uh, we're nothing without you. I told a church one time, I said, listen, I said, it'd be no, no use for me to be here if y'all wasn't here. Amen. Ain't it so? Lord, don't ever let us as leaders get the attitude, you know, that we're, that we are just elevated high above people. If, if y'all wasn't here, we wouldn't. We wouldn't need to be here, would we? Amen. We're all in this together, the body. And we're just grateful for your support and your prayers. Prayers of the saints. Genesis chapter 4, beginning with verse 1. And while you're turning there and you have it, just say amen. Please remember tonight, we will have a, we will have a, a service in here. It'll be a short service and then we'll have a reception tonight. And we look forward to just fellowshipping in the Lord with each and every one of you. Begin with verse 1 of chapter 4. And Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bare Cain. She said, I've gotten a man from the Lord. And she bears brother Abel, and Abel was a keeper of the sheep. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in process of time it came to pass that Cain brought forth of the fruit of the ground an offering unto the Lord. 
And Abel he also brought of the firstlings of his flock and the fat thereof. And the Lord had respect unto Abel and unto his offering. But Cain and his offering he had no respect. And Cain was very wroth and his countenance fell. And the Lord said unto Cain, Why art thou wroth and why is thou countenance fallen? If thou doest well, shall thou not be accepted? And if thou doest not well, sin lieth at the door. And unto thee shall be his desire and thou shalt rule over him. And Cain talked with Abel his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and slew him. I want to preach for a few moments on this thought. It's a very, very powerful, powerful thought that God had placed within my spirit that I believe is relevant today for the church. If I could title the message, I would simply title it this. Cain wasn't able. I want to pray. Father, again, we come before your throne. And Father, I'm here surrendering myself to you. I ask you, Lord, to hide me behind the cross. Lord, that you would speak words, God, that would change lives eternally. Today, God, would be this time. This time would be, Father, your time to, to move into the hearts of your people, your word, God, that would, would be able to take root, that would be able to bring revelation, that would be able, God, to illuminate us as to where we stand with you, as to what we should do, God, as to where we should go. And, Father, I pray that there would not be a soul that would reject or turn away, Father, from whatever you are speaking into their lives today. Father, that you would accomplish everything that you send your word forth to accomplish. For this body to be strengthened and prepared for what you have in store for us in this community. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Amen. You can be seated. If you would like to, look at someone around you and smile at them and tell them, I'm glad you're here in the house of the Lord. We are grateful, amen, to be able to worship God today together with you and we begin to read the scripture very familiar scripture in the beginning of time and as things begin to progress uh, we find in the book of Genesis two siblings two siblings whom we know quite a bit about and I think sometimes it is very important that we go back and that we evaluate and we look at their lives and we look at the the things that were lacking. We look at the things that were strengths to them in their life. And my question today is, what do you desire of the Lord? If we were to ask ourselves the question, what is it that we desire? What is it that uh, we want from God? What is it that we want from life? Uh, what is at the top of our list in perspective to our existence? Uh, because we're not here by accident. Can somebody say amen? I've never met anyone that came by accident. If they're for purpose, uh, the situation in which they came in might not have been pretty, but the purpose was sovereign. Amen. And so we wonder, what do we desire in the cortex of our existence? What is on the top of our list in perspective to who we are? Uh, does what God want for us, and does what we want? mesh today uh, when you begin to evaluate yourself you wonder today what is it that I desire and does it line up and does it uh, situate itself in tune with what God has purposed for me 
I want to share with you a message this morning of two paths. One path was a path of obedience and the other path was a path this morning of rebellion. How many knows that they are the most, uh, these are the two greatest factors in our life uh, in perspective to who we are and what we do. Amen. It is uh, the fact of whether we're going to be obedient or whether we're going to resist uh, God Almighty. Whether we're going to hear what he has to say, whether we're going to uh, allow it to change us, to transition us and obey his word and his will, or whether we're going to reject and rebel simply against uh, the sovereignty of God and his will for our life. Can I tell somebody today, I want God's favor in my life. Amen. And I don't know about you, but is there anybody in the house that wants God's favor? I don't want to just show up and get up out of my bed and walk around each day, amen, with a, with a, with a despair of not knowing whether God's going to be there for me or whether God's going to show up and whether he's going to meet my need. I want favor of God in my life. Come on, somebody. There's some places in life that I need to go that I don't need to go by myself. I need God to be there with me. I need his sovereign grace. I need his favor. We don't need to have church without God's favor on our church, amen. We don't need to have programs without God's favor on our programs. We don't need to do anything we do without the favor of God on our life. And there's only one way to get favor of God and that's through obedience. Amen. You can't show up doing anything you want to do and expect God to bless it. Come on somebody. We've got to get in tune with God. There's a path that leads us into the path of, fail, of, of, of flavor, favor, amen, to God and, and, and not failure. And this path is a path of obedience. It is to sincerely seek the will of God and the desire of God. Well, where are you going with this pastor this morning? The, the favor of God does not come by accident today. It comes by faith. Amen. Faith is the foundation upon which you step out to obey God. There's some things that I've done through obedience that it took great faith for me to accomplish. Can somebody hear what I'm saying? There's some things you're going to do in your life that God is going to lead you into through his word and by his word that it's going to take great faith. It took great faith for me to step out and be a, and, to, and to answer the call of God. It took great faith for me to take my family and move them every time God tells me to take them somewhere. It takes great faith. It takes faith to stand up in the middle of a sanctuary full of people and lift your hands and praise God even when you see your eyes looking at you like what in the world you think you're doing uh, or who do you think you are? Amen to God. It takes faith to give God a shout of praise when there's a suppression of the enemy that wants to disquiet you. It takes faith. But I would rather have the favor of God in my life and take my faith and step out in obedience into the wells of God's living water and allow him to bring refreshing in my life Then I had sit back and be unfaithful to God. I want God's favor in my life. I want God to do some great things in my life. It comes by faith and it comes by living in the same faith. When we begin to look at Abel, we look at a man whom the Bible said in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 4 was a man, amen, to God that had faith. He said, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts 
and by it being dead he yet speaketh the Bible declared that Abel was a man of faith how many want to be known of a man or as a man or a woman of faith today how many want the world to know that you're a, a child of God that you are holding fast to what thus saith the Lord to the word of God it don't matter what the world's doing I want to be known as a man or a woman of faith what what does this do for me it does uh, absolutely nothing for me but tell everybody who he is amen it is a declaration of who I believe my sovereign God to be in my life he is not just a figment of my imagination he is not just somebody that was conjured up he is creator and without him I can do nothing amen I need him in my life Abel knew this in his soul and so he had faith that caused him to be obedient Abel was a righteous man the Bible said in first John chapter 3 verses 10 through 12 that in this the children are manifest and the children of the devil whosoever doeth not righteousness is not of God neither he that loveth not his brother for this is the message that you've heard from the beginning that we should love one another shout say amen somebody and not as Cain who was that wicked one that slew his brother and wherefore he slew him because his own works were evil and his brothers who was Abel's were righteous the Bible said he was a righteous man by faith I believe as James chapter 2 verse 23 said Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God Abel believed God he had a great faith in who God was and he obeyed the instruction of God and this was how the revelation of his righteousness was manifest Abel was a man who lived his life in reverence and respect unto God can somebody shout today we need more of that in society we need people all across the world I don't care if they go to church or not I don't care if they if they live the way they ought to or not but when God's name is mentioned somebody ought to ought to buckle up and say he is God amen I know today there's sinners out there that have more reverence for God than church folk anymore can somebody shout glory there are sinners out there that fear God in great ways even more today than people who go through the religious rituals of church we need to understand today that it's time that we we raise up a, a, a revelation again of reverence unto God he was a man who reverenced God had respect for God and in Ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 13 the Bible said let us hear the conclusion anybody want to hear the conclusion of it all today fear God and keep his commandments for this is the whole duty of man if you've got a question about what you should do in life you don't know where to go where to turn what to do what God's going to do let me go ahead and tell you Ecclesiastes covers it by a man whom God had dispersed wisdom in his heart fear God keep his commandments today this is the whole duty of man this is what you were born for this is what you exist for this is what you were saved for not to look like a church but to be the church come on somebody this is what you were saved for this is what you were created for to fear God to respect God to let him be the shepherd of your life and to obey his commandments nothing in this life finds meaning without the purpose of God being obeyed by faith today amen there are many people today saying I don't know if God will work for me he won't work for you until you put your faith in him he won't do my Lord I feel the Holy Ghost today he'll never work for 
for you until you begin to put your faith in who he is like Abel did. He is God's sovereign today. He is the one whom I fear. It's hard. I feel the Holy Ghost. Y'all feel that? He feared God. I went to God that every time we come in this sanctuary, his glory was so strong and there was such a reverence for God that we... Come on, somebody. Well, it used to be like that in the old church. What happened? We had some services like that in the old sanctuary. But then when we got down here, it seemed like it wasn't as strong as it used to be. What happened? The building didn't change it. Come on, somebody. I believe this, that hearts need to reverence God again. God is God anywhere you are. He can be God in your church. He can be God in your house. He can come in your living room and you can have a Holy Ghost good time. He can come. He's showed up in my car. And I've had church in my car. It ain't the building. It's that we've got our eyes off of things that are important again to serve the living God and to reverence God today. Help me, Holy Ghost. How many has ever had church in your bedroom? Woo! Two o'clock in the morning. The Holy Ghost show up, wake you up, nudge you. Drop a word in your spirit. You didn't know what was going on, but you got up and just began to have church. Amen. Anybody ever had church on their way to work? You was in your vehicle, minding your own business. You began to just think about the Lord. And the Lord showed up. You began to reverence God. And God's favor fell in your life. Oh, we need to fear God and keep his commandments. This is the whole duty of man. And this today is the duty of the church. It's the duty of Christians. It is our duty to be the example again. Well, we're living in a new generation. Them young folks just don't connect. The devil is a liar, amen. Them young folks do connect because wherever God is and it's real, God has the power to draw all humanity unto them. I know children today that will worship with a redback hymnal just as much as they will. Today they'll worship with a modern day worship song. They don't care which way it goes so much as long as God shows up in his sovereignty today and they can experience God a little bit of it all amen we need to understand the reverence of God we teach our children to reverence God we teach those sinners how to reverence God he did this because he knew that the Lord was his creator he had a strong faith in that David said in Psalm 100 verse 3, Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Amen. Abel was very clear to understand, and just as David was, that He is our God and we're not His. Sometimes we have the attitude, we're just going to...
tell God what we want him to do. We're going to boss God around as if we, as if we've got a right to push reverence aside and forget who he is and to lower him beneath our intelligence. Come on, somebody. And when we go to prayer, sometimes we go to prayer with that narrative. We go to prayer saying, well, I'm just going to tell God what I want. No, bless God. He's God, not you. If you're going to pray, pray in the spirit. Let him tell you what to pray and how to pray. Amen. Don't tell God what you want as if he is being bossed around by you. Dear God, tell him, amen, I'm a child of God. I depend on you. I need you to help me pray. Help me to pray your will, God. Help me to pray in power. Help me to pray in anointing. Help me to pray. Come on, somebody. You need to understand something this morning. It was him who made us. We did not make him. He is our God, and we are not his. He deserves that kind of respect to know that we reverence him for who he is today. He formed us. We didn't form him. He is righteous. Our righteousness is his filthy rags. How do I know this today? Amen to God because his word says so. That my righteousness is his filthy rags. With this truth in my life I can come into the prayer closet with a humility and a faith and a reverence that moves God God's favor on my life. Help me to be obedient. He's holy. We are called to be holy. Amen. We're called to be holy, which is a revelation because his word calls us to that we're not holy. Without him, he is our creator. We're his creation. He's a shepherd. We're the sheep. We exist because of him. Not because a monkey got together with another monkey. Or two frogs bumped their bodies together on a beach side. Ain't it so? They're teaching our kids all this evolution stuff. Hogwash! Some folk think they're smarter than God. How in the world can all this exist without the sovereign hand of God? It can't. It's impossible. I was reading that, walking down, right down the road. You might have seen the sign that's right down the road the other day. I believe it's in Eden somewhere. And the sign on the church said, if we evolve from monkeys, how come they're still monkeys? Ain't it so? The devil wants you to believe and he wants your children to believe and he wants your grandchildren to believe. He wants your, 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 your community to believe that he is not sovereign enough to create you and all this. But let me go ahead and tell somebody, just cause mom and daddy got together and had children, it ain't the, it does not resolute the fact that God did not set it all in order. When he said be fruitful and multiply, God's word is what set it all in order and we may not have been formed directly as that 
Adam was by the dust of the ground by God's hand but because of his word we became a seed of what he had done we are clay and nothing more created in the image of God we have life because of who he is it can't nobody give your children breath but your God there can't nobody give your family breath but your God there can't nobody resurrect the dead Lazarus out of a tomb but your God they can sprinkle oil on him throw anointing oil on him but if God don't breathe life in him there is no life today none whatsoever he believed God was his creator as David said in Psalm 139 verse 14 I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and my soul knows very well do you know that this morning does your soul know very well that you are his creation he also knew that God was his instruction how many know today that God does not set you out on the path without instruction Isaiah chapter 40 verse 13 said who had directed the spirit of the Lord who has been his counselor taught him Isaiah 40 14 with whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding somewhere in the process of time after the fall of Adam God gave instruction as to what he required amen this wasn't something that was happening without God's instruction. Abel didn't just make it up as he went. He knew what God wanted and he faithfully set out to do what God had asked. He didn't just take an educated guess. God does not call us to live without instruction. That would be akin to living by feeling. Amen. If I'd have been living by a feeling in my life, and especially here most recently, ain't no telling what I would have reacted to. Amen. I might have reacted just said, hey, you know what? We'll just quit. Let's just go find a place to park that camper and just stay there. Honey, you you're just going to have to let us uh, build your front porch off that thing. I'll make you the queen of my RV camper. We'll put some polyester curtains in it. Don't act like y'all ain't never heard country before. My wife told me when we got married, she said, I'll never be the queen of your double wide. She said, I believe God's bigger than that. Nothing wrong with a double wide, nothing wrong with a single wide. I grew up in them. That's all I ever lived in. In fact, about lived in so long, never thought I'd buy a house. I thought, maybe, man, I bought trailers and stuff and nothing wrong with that. Great homes. But I never thought I'd live in a house. Now I'm buying my second house. She said, I'll make you the queen. But if I lived by a feeling, we'd have been reversing and retreating from where God was taking us. And I reverence God. I fear God. Sometimes you got to have a crazy faith 
that every Wednesday and every Sunday when you're coming in and people's asking, what about your home? And you don't have any answers and you feel foolish and you don't know what to tell them. So it's the same story. And the enemy is speaking to your mind telling them they think you crazy. And some of them may be thinking something wrong with you and your family. Maybe it's your credit. Maybe it's something. They say, oh, we done got a pastor with bad credit. I don't know what we're going to do now. Amen. All kind of thoughts are running through my mind because I had to keep telling people the same thing that the enemy was telling me. Nothing was going to work out. That everything was falling apart. But deep down in my heart, there was a faith, brother, that had me holding on when I could not see in front of me. If you ever tried to drive in the fog, that's how I was living. And if I'd have walked by a feeling, I'd have quit a long time ago. But brother Mark, thank God that God gives us faith to hold on even when we can't see before us and know that everything is going to work out in season. I held on till the storm was over. I held on. Oh my I feel the Holy Spirit of God. Some of you need to hold on. God hadn't called you to live by your feeling. He's called you to live by your faith today. Spirit of the living God. He calls us to live by faith and not by feeling. And I tell you, I'm just going to be honest. We had, had a board meeting Thursday night, council meeting. I shared with some of them a letter that I had received from the seller. And I, I begin to just think about, God, maybe you're now allowing us to see what's going on. We still didn't know anything then. Thank you. We didn't have a clue. We were holding on. I got up Friday morning, got down to my office, began to pray. Waiting on my wife to get there. She got there and they were going visiting. They were scheduled to go visiting. They went visiting. I stuck around to pray and study and take care of some other things that I needed to do. And I'm just going to tell you, I couldn't do anything. My mind... You ever been that way where you just couldn't think? I just couldn't get it. I had to get somewhere. I said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm praying. I just can't think. I know what I could do. I know what I need to do. But God, I know, like Brother Zeb said, there was a greater need that day. And I said, God, we backed that storage building up. We backed it up and, and parked it right there behind the house. And we started living like everything was happening. And God told me, spoke to my heart, said, go to that storage building and shut yourself up in it. And I left this church office and I drove straight to Eden, North Carolina. Got in that storage building I closed the door behind me. I felt the Holy Ghost. And I sat down and I just began to talk to the Lord. I didn't, I didn't pray real loud. I didn't pray real hard. I just said these words. I said, God, I can't see in front of me. And I ain't looking behind me. 
I don't know what you're going to do. And God, frankly, I don't know what the options are at this point. If we have to move out of this house and we have to move this storage building and we have to say, God, I can't see what you see. So all I know to do is rest in you. I'm leaving it in your hands. I know how I feel. But God, I need you to move in some way, shape, form, or fashion and show me something. That's what I need. I'm not telling you what to do. I'm just telling you what I need, God. And you know I left that storage bill. I prayed, I prayed for a long time and then I'd get up and the Lord would release me. I'd do a little bit of cleaning up in there, trying to organize some of the stuff we had brought in there. Then I'd stop, pray some more. And I just had that uneasy feeling. And, and then all of a sudden, it was time to go get Mason. And on my way, hadn't got out the, the, the parking lot or the driveway good and driving down the road. Amen. The phone's ringing and said, guess what? We're cleared for closing. Glory to God. I feel like doing a Holy Ghost dance right now. What does that mean? We're cleared for takeoff. Amen. God's about to do something big. Don't you stop praying and don't you live in your feeling. You keep living by faith. God's trying to clear you for a takeoff into the realm of his perfect will. Amen. Somebody ought to hear what I'm saying. Said we're clear. Don't laugh at me. I ain't trying to be funny. I feel him. David danced before the Lord. I'm not ashamed to dance before God. Amen. Some of you need to get free and dance before the Lord again. Amen. Give him glory. A crazy dance that says I have faith in what you're doing in my life. You know what attract the younger generation? A little bit of worship and dance and praise unto God rather than... You ain't got to do it like I do it, but every now and then just let God know you really want to. When you get to heaven, I'm sure you're not going to be... You think Mason do cartwheels, I bet you you'll be able to do every one of them and not miss a beat. Dear God, hallelujah, when we all get to heaven, what a day that's going to be. Y'all stand with me, I'll finish this message tonight. Part two is tonight. Abel didn't walk by feeling, he walked by faith. We can't walk by feeling. We walk by instruction. We know what God says do. And then we do it. People who don't think that it's scripturally sound to lift your hands before God hadn't read your Bible. We want an anointing. But we want 
and unreverent response to an unreverent people. God's not going to anoint rebellion. He's not going to anoint people that walk by feeling. He's going to anoint people that walk by faith. What does that mean to me? Hallelujah. He's given it to us. He's given us instruction. Matthew 4 and 4 said, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Abel was living by that faith. Romans chapter 1 verse 17 here is in the faith of the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith for as it is written the just shall live by faith. Faith moves mountains not feelings. Faith reaches a community for God not feelings because every day we're going to wake up with some kind of feeling last night I fell asleep dog dead tired in my recliner and my wife just chunked the covers over me in my recliner I don't even remember that but I remember telling her I said I just don't feel 100% right now I'm just tired got up this morning I didn't feel 100%. You suppose to say, it's your birthday. I know it was, but I didn't feel 100%. Anybody ever had those days I didn't feel 100%? But I got up anyway. And through every pain and every feeling, I had sermons rolling through my mind and I knew what God wanted me to say. I knew what God wanted me to preach on. But I had other sermons rolling through my mind and my body was tired and I got in, I got dressed, I, I put my jeans on and I got to church and I found out somebody had blessed me uh, 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 with, with, with some, some more suits. Man, I'm getting suit rich and I'm just grateful for that. Can I tell you? Sister Rhonda and her mother and some of them had some suits. I mean, nice suit. Look at it. It don't make me any more saved than a pair of jeans, but I love it. I like it all. And so I said, well, now you done messed me up. I don't know what I'm going to wear now. So I, I started looking at it. And you know what? All of them fit me. Where's Sister Lena at? I might need your assistance somewhere, Sister Lena. Some of them are a little bit too big. So I might have to come see you. Is that all right? Amen. That's all right. I'm, I'm okay with that. I still wasn't feeling 100%. But I pressed on anyway by faith. Why? Because there's something that happens in the realm of faith that my feelings cannot embrace. There's something that happens in the realm of faith. Then your pain, your bitterness, your anger, your resentment will never get you the favor of God in.
Bible said Abraham believed God and it was accounted unto him as righteousness. Abel believed God and it accounted unto him as righteousness. He lived it. Amen. I tell somebody this morning all over this building, tonight we're going to wrap this one up. But, but Cain wasn't able. Today we have found out this morning all about Abel and, and Abel's faith and Abel's obedience. And this morning God is calling you to have this kind of faith that will reverence God and, and be reminded and live in the realm of knowledge knowing that he is. And that's the reason you are because he is. And then also to take the instruction of God that is given by his word and by his spirit and to obey his instruction. It leads us into the favor of God. I want to ask you this morning, how many is ready for God's favor in your life? How many is ready for God's favor over your church? How many is ready for God's favor? What are you going to bring him this morning? If you're going to come to the altar, what do you have in your heart to bring him? What do you have in your heart that will please God? Is there anything in your spirit that desires God, that meshes with who he is and his instruction for your life. Will you come to this altar right now and say, God, I'm bringing you obedience. I'm bringing you faith. Here I come to trust you. Here I come. Will you do it today as we worship the Lord around these altars?